Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalam ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Amma ba'd. Allah azza wa jal في كتابه الكريم وسارعوا إلى مغفرة من ربكم وجنة عرضها السماوات والأرض أعدت للمتقين الذين ينفقون في السراء والضراء والكاذمين الغيظ والعافين عن الناس والله يحب المحسنين والذين إذا فعلوا فاحشة أو ظلموا أنفسهم ذكروا الله فاستغفروا لذنوبهم ومن يغفر الذنوب إلا الله ولم يسروا على ما فعلوا وهم يعلمون أولئك جزاؤهم مغفرة من ربهم وجنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار خالدين فيها ونعم أجر العاملين Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions and hasten to the forgiveness from your Lord and to a paradise which it's with is that of the heavens and the earth which has been prepared for the people who have piety. Those who spend in times of ease as well as in times of difficulty and hardship and those who control their anger and those who pardon the people and Allah he loves those who do good and those when they commit an act of indecency or they wrong themselves they remember Allah and as a result of that they seek forgiveness for their sins and who is the one who forgives the sins except for Allah? And they do not continue upon that which they have done of evil while they know better. Those are the ones who their reward is forgiveness from their Lord and paradise underneath which rivers flow to abide therein forever. And blessed indeed is the reward of those who do good. Allah Azza wa Jal commands that we hasten to His forgiveness, to the maghfirah of Allah. For the one who is forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this individual is victorious and will receive salvation. The one who Allah has forgiven his wrong, this person is in a good state because Allah has pardoned the person. And it is incumbent upon us, being that we all fall short, we all commit sin, make mistakes, that we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance. 
As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned, "Kullu bani Adam khatta, wa khairul khattaina at-tawabun." That all of the children of Adam constantly they error, they fall into wrongdoing. But the best of them are those who constantly repent. So when a person turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking the forgiveness of Allah, fulfilling the conditions, the person will find that Allah azza wa jal is all forgiven and most merciful. So one should never fall into a state of despair, no matter how great the sin that a person committed, Allah forgives all sins. As Allah Azza wa Jal He mentions, "Qul ya ibadiy al-ladina asrafu ala anfusihim la taqnatu min rahmatillah. Inna Allaha yakfiru al-dhunub jamia." Say, "O oh my slaves." Oh my servants who have wronged themselves This is us Do not despair from The mercy of Allah Indeed Allah He forgives all sins Also Barakallah Fikum Allah commands us to hasten towards The paradise The Jannah and Allah Azza wa Jal gives us a description of His paradise that its width is that of the heavens and the earth. Meaning it is vast. Paradise is huge and vast and large. Within it are many delights and pleasures. That which, as the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. And no heart could ever fathom. This is what's in the paradise. But who is the paradise for? Uiddat lil muttaqin. It is prepared for the people of taqwa. Paradise is not for any and everybody. Rather, paradise is for the good doers. Paradise is for the people who have piety, the people who Fear Allah Azza wa Jal, those of taqwa. And what is the taqwa? It was explained by Talaq ibn Habib, rahimahullah, and ta'amal bi ta'atillah, ala nurin min Allah, taruju thawab Allah, wa an tatruk ma'asiyat Allah, ala nurin min Allah, takhaf iqab Allah. That the taqwa of Allah is that you implement the obedience of Allah, Upon a light from Allah, I mean upon knowledge, hoping for the reward of Allah, and that you abandon disobedience of Allah upon a light from Allah, fearing the punishment of Allah. Allah Azza wa Jal, He goes on in the next verse to describe the people of Taqwa. And from the descriptions mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who spend from that which Allah azza wa jal has given them. But they spend 
in times of ease as well as in times of hardship. What do they spend upon? They spend on that which Allah Azza wa Jal is pleased with. For the sake of Allah, not looking to be called generous, not looking to have one's name on the masjid, because they built the masjid or any of that. They spent truly for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. Even at times when they didn't have much, they still gave. Seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And never does a person spend for Allah's sake except that Allah rewards the individual. Do not think that your spending goes to waste. As the Prophet sallallahu mentioned, مَا نَقَصَتْ صَدَقَةٌ مِنْ مَالٍ And the giving of charity does not decrease from wealth. Meaning that when a person gives sadaqah, Allah Azawajal increases the barakah in that person's wealth and deeds. Even though the amount of dollars and cents changes from one amount to another amount when you spend, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nurtures that spending, blesses the person's wealth and it becomes more. And even at times, barakallah feek, when you spend from your wealth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you more wealth due to your spending. Not all the time, but at times you find this. As one narration, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, in making hajj to another hajj and umrah to another umrah, it makes poverty go away. When it takes money to make Hajj and Umrah, you spend your wealth. When you spend the money to buy the tickets and for the hotel fee and, and the visa fee and the likes, that costs money. But that type of spending is a spending that Allah He loves. He's pleased with that because you're spending to worship Him. So when a person constantly makes hajj, a person constantly makes umrah one after another, it causes the person's poverty to go away. And this has been testified to by many. Or oh, Allah has favored them to constantly make hajj and umrah. But the point of the shahid is that whatever you spend, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give for that which you have spent. As Allah azawajal mentions, وَمَا أَنْفَقْتُمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَهُوَ يُخْلِفُهُ وَهُوَ خَيْرُ الرَّازِقِينَ And never have you spent from anything except that Allah will compensate you for that. And Allah is the best of the providers. So from the, from the characteristics of taqwa is spending in the times of ease and in the times of hardship. The next characteristic mentioned by Allah وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْرِ 
And those who restrain and control the anger. We know that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when a man came to him and said, Ya Rasulullah, awsini. O Messenger of Allah, advise me. Call a Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, la taghba. Don't be coming. And the man kept repeating his statement. O Messenger of Allah, advise me. And the Prophet kept repeating his advice. La taghba, la taghba. Don't become angry, don't become angry. For anger, outside of it being for the sake of Allah, the shaitan is involved. And when a person becomes angry and he loses control, he may say or do something that he will later on regret. How many people have committed murder due to anger. How many people have physically hurt someone very bad due to anger? How many marriages and homes have been destroyed due to anger? How many? Numerous, countless. If one was to do a study and go into the prison system here in America and see how many crimes were committed based upon rage and anger and a person just acting off of impulse, not thinking, letting their anger control them, you may find that the numbers are high when it comes to, to the statistics. And the amount of people who are behind bars due to anger. So alhamdulillah, those who control their anger, Allah has praised them in this verse. And Allah Azawajal, by way of the Prophet Sallallahu gave us a remedy or remedies to cause one's anger to subside. From that which the Prophet taught us, to seek refuge of Allah from the shaitan. A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim Because remember the anger. Because shaitan is involved. Also, when you're angry and you're standing up, sit down. The Prophet said. And if the anger leaves, alhamdulillah, if it doesn't leave, then lay down. Do we practice this? When our wives upset us, and get us angry, do we go and sit down somewhere? Or go and lay down to make the anger go away? Or when our children, they get on our nerves, and we're getting upset and angry, what do we do? It's very important, barakallahu feekum, that we control our anger. Another matter mentioned in the narration, to make wudu. Although some of the scholars of hadith declare the narration to be weak, some others say it's a good narration, that you make wudu. Because the wudu is a means of coolness, to calm down the heat that is within the individual.
Also Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentioned وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ And those who pardon the people. Pardoning people is a good characteristic. It's a beautiful trait. But not everybody is to be pardoned. The scholars they mention, if pardoning a person will lead the person to commit more evil, don't pardon the person. The person has to be taken to account. But if pardoning the person, it leads a person to rectifying his or her situation, then pardon that person as it will be a means of directing the person to that which is good. Shaykh Uthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala he says لكن ينبغي أن يعلم أو أن يعلم أن المغفرة لمن أساء إليك ليست محمورة على الإطلاق فإن الله قيد هذا بأن يكون العفو مقرونا بالإصلاح فقال الله تعالى فمن عفا وأصلح فأجره على الله أما إذا لم يكن في العفو والمغفرة إصلاح فلا تعفو ولا تغفو Sheikh Uthaymin says however it is befitting that it is known that forgiving the one who has done wrong to you is not praiseworthy in all situations for indeed Allah has connected this matter of pardoning people that pardoning has to be accompanied with rectification. As Allah he states, so whoever pardons and rectifies, then his reward is upon Allah. As for the case when there is no rectification when you pardon someone or forgive them, do not pardon them, do not forgive them. مثاله لو كان الذي أساء إليك شخصا معروفا بالشر والفساد وأنك لو عفوت عنه لكان في ذلك زيادة في شره ففي هذه الحال الأفضل أن لا تعفو عنه بل تأخذ بحقك من أجل الإصلاح أما إذا كان الشخص إذا عفوت عنه لم يترتب على العفو عنه مفسدا فإن العف أفضل وأحسن لأن الله يقول فمن عفا وأصلح فأجر فأجره على الله وإذا كان أجرك على الله كان خيرا لك من أن يكون ذلك بمعاودة بمعاودة تأخذ من أعمال صاحبك الصالحة the Shaykh says an example of that. If the person who has done wrong to you is known for evil and corruption, and if you were to pardon the person, 
this will lead to the person increasing in his evil. In this situation, it is better that you do not pardon the individual, rather take your rights for the purpose of rectification. As for the case when the person, if you were to pardon this individual, there's not going to come any evil or corruption as a result of you pardoning this person, then pardoning this person is better. Because Allah, he states, therefore whoever pardons and rectifies his reward is upon Allah. So when your reward is upon Allah, that's better for you than you getting as a compensation the ability or the right to take from the righteous deeds of the one who has wronged you. So here, Barakallah Fikum, if the person who you pardon is going to benefit from you pardoning them, and the person is not going to increase in evil, pardon the person, forgive the person. Don't take the person to account. But if the individual, if he was to be pardoned, this will only increase him in the evil. Don't pardon him because now you're pardoning him is going to cause more evil to come. And some people, they are like that. And this, this, these teachings here, Barakallah Fikum, can be applicable in many different situations. Even with your children at times. You know, our children, they do things that are inappropriate, especially after we've spoken to them. And sometimes if you, you know, you pardon them, they see that their parent is merciful. And they will feel regret for what they have done. You know, the other day, Caught my son jumping from one bed to another. He looked like me when I was young. <laughs> Seen him flying in the air. I said, boy, don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Please. He, he stopped. He looked. I said, don't do that, man. You're going to get hurt. I don't want you to get hurt. Don't jump from the bed to bed. He said, okay. Later on, the same day, later on at night... They had some nice food, so they was all happy. And I told them, everybody get ready for bed. And as I walked past the room, I see him flying. I said, boy, didn't I speak to you? And he paused because he didn't know what I, what I was going to do. I said, stop jumping from bed to bed before you hurt yourself. Go to sleep. He was just like, oh, okay, okay, okay. But he was cool after that, like. Because he probably thought he was going to get a spanking or something. But no, I, you know, alhamdulillah. I haven't seen him do it since. So hopefully he's, he's going to stop, inshallah. <laughs> hopefully he doesn't take the kindness for weakness. But subhanAllah bihamdi, you know, even with our families. But now if we know that if we pardon our family members, wife, children, it's just going to cause them to be more... More involved in the wrong No, now we have to do something Now we have to address the matter Allah Azza wa Jal He mentions 
And Allah, He loves the good doers. This here is the proof that Allah has the characteristic of love. But at the same time, Allah, He hates the wrongdoers. Allah Azza wa Jal, He does not love people who spread evil and indecency. But Allah, He loves the good doers, and we want to be from those whom Allah loves, so it's upon us to do good. Also from the characteristics of taqwa, those that when they do evil or indecency or they wrong themselves, they remember Allah. And as a result of them remembering Allah, they seek forgiveness for their sins. And who is the one that can forgive the sins except for Allah? And then the person, or they do not remain upon committing the sins and doing the evil and wrongdoing. And they know better. Here, this is another characteristic of the people of Taqwa. That when they commit a sin or do some type of indecency to others, or they just wrong themselves, they remember Allah Azza wa Jalla and seek forgiveness for their sins. Because these affairs here, meaning indulging in indecency and wronging oneself, this is dhulm. And the Prophet mentioned, a dhulm dhulumat yawmun qiyamah. Oppression is darkness on the day of judgment. Don't wrong yourself and don't wrong others. And if you happen to fall into wronging yourself or wronging others, repent immediately. Rectify the situation. Don't leave it as it is. And what causes a person to repent? The person remembers Allah. The person remembers Allah's magnificence. As the salaf they would say, do not look at the smallness of the sin, but look at the greatness of the one you are disobeying. That helps a person to make tawbah. Remember that Allah is severe in punishment. That helps a person to make tawbah. And remember only Allah can forgive sins. Alhamdulillah, there's no confession in Islam. And no going to the Imam. And he's going to give you a hundred bismillahs or... It's not no Catholicism. It's people, they go to the confession booth and the priest tell them, say a hundred Hail Marys and a hundred Our Fathers and drop something in the box on the way out. And everything will be all right. We don't have that in Islam. You make your tawbah to Allah Azawajal. You don't have to go to the Imam and tell the Imam, Imam, you know, hey, sometimes some people come to the masjid and they say, Imam, you know what? Oh, stop. Cover yourself. Don't expose your sins to people. If you need to ask a question, ask it in the third person. Imam, Sheikh, whoever you go to of knowledge, 
What is the situation of a person who does such and such? How do they rectify that? Cover yourself. And if you have wronged somebody, fix the situation. Don't leave it. Because Allah is not going to leave it on the day of judgment. So if you wrong anyone, give them back their rights. If you have stolen money, give them money back. Don't say Astaghfirullah and then you and Queen send them all spending up the money. No, that's not Toba. You got to give that money back. If you backbite somebody, slander somebody, and then, you got you to gotta fix that situation. You got to go back to the people and, and fix what you corrupted of the person's honor. This is Islam. And no one forgives the sins except for Allah. That's an encouragement for us to return back to Allah. To make tawbah. And then the, they do not continue to do the evil. This is a part of the tawbah, the repentance. That you make tawbah, you repent. Don't stay upon the sin. Stop it. Leave it off. And lastly, Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, those are the ones... Their reward is forgiveness from their loss. Allah is going to forgive you if you seek the forgiveness. And what else? Paradise. Underneath which rivers flow. To abide therein forever. That is one of the greatest encouragements ever. That if you do good and you have these praiseworthy characteristics, seeking forgiveness of Allah, controlling your anger, pardoning the people, spending in times of ease and hardship, being a good doer, for you is paradise. And listen, once you enter, you can never get kicked out. Nice. You go inside, that's it, you're there forever. Just gotta make it. Just gotta hang on. Don't worry, we dying soon. Everybody gone. Everybody's leaving here. One way or another, we all getting out of this place. We all, it's always a checkout time, right? <laughs> we leaving. Don't worry, it's coming. Just gotta hold on, man. Don't, you know, subhanAllah, sometimes, yes, it gets rough. But we just gotta hold on until the death angel comes and die upon Islam. Inshallah, we're going to paradise. Sit. It's one day at a time Because today may be the day But at least you holding on to your deen Do not die except that you are Muslims Meaning hold on to your religion Practice your religion On a continuous consistent basis So that when the angel of death comes to you You are in a state of submission to Allah And this is your reward Forgiveness from Allah, paradise underneath which rivers flow, to abide therein forever. Can you live in forever? SubhanAllah. Just think about when you go to somewhere, like you have a good time, man. You don't want it to end, right? You're having a good time, your family's enjoying themselves, and good company, good food, and you just don't want it to end. And we, what we always say, funny how time flies when you're having fun, right? Paradise, it never ends. It never ends. Just keep going and going and going. That's subhanAllah, it's an encouragement from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the believers. 
to do good and be consistent upon doing good. That the Prophet he mentioned that when the believer is in his grave, Allah opens up a window from the paradise and the breeze from the paradise comes over his body. And Allah shows him his place in paradise. While he's in the grave. Allah shows him his place that he would have been in the hellfire had he disbelieved and been corrupt. Allah shows him his place in the the hellfire where he would have been. And then after that, he shows him his place in paradise. So the person says, Allahumma kamisa. Oh Allah, establish the hour right now. (laughs) He wants to be ready to go. (laughs) He's told him rest. And then the breeze... His grave is expanded and the breeze comes from the paradise over the body. He can't wait for Yom Qiyamah. He's going to be in here forever. But the opposite for the disbeliever. Allah shows him where he would have been in the paradise had he believed and been upon righteousness. And then he shows him his place in the hellfire. He says, Allahumma la tuqamissah. Oh Allah, don't establish the hour. And a window is opened up from the hellfire and the heat from the hellfire comes across him. In the grave. In the grave. Allah Azawajal mentions, إِنَّ الْأَبْرَارَ لَفِي نَعِيمٌ وَإِنَّ الْفُجَّارَ لَفِي جَحِيمٌ Indeed, the righteous are in a state of bliss. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, he says that's in this life and in the next. The righteous people. And I believe it was Ibn Taymiyyah who said, or Ibn Qayyim and Josiah, one or the other, or both, whoever does not enter into the paradise in this life, doesn't enter into paradise in the next life. It starts here. Your bliss starts here. Going back to what was mentioned in the talk last night, مَنْ عَمِنَا صَالِحًا مَنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ فَلَنُحِيَّنَّهُ حَيَّاتٍ طَيِّبًا That whoever does good, whether a male or a female, and the person is a believer, we will cause them to live a good life. That starts here. And then it goes on or carries over into the hereafter, as Allah mentions, and how beautiful the reward of those who do good. May Allah make us from amongst those who do good and make us from amongst the people of taqwa who have these praiseworthy characteristics. May Allah Azzawajal forgive us for our sins and enter us into the paradise.